2: Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy
3: Friday gang and welcome to the last Andy Goldstein TalkSport podcast of the week. Oh, it can't be, will because it It's Friday. So uh, if you haven't worked that out, then you're stupid. Anyway, or well, you don't know your days of the week, and, uh, in which case you're still stupid. Now, we start today's podcast with the fallout from the evening's Premier League action where Spurs beat Fulham, just struggling West Brom, lost at home to Everton and Liverpool, lost at home to Chelsea. Yeah, they did. Remaining partial. OK. Anyway, here's how it all unfolded and sounded on Andy Goldstein's Sports Bar. That's my show, Monday to Thursday, 10pm. This was last night's show.
0: That's the final whistle. Liverpool nil, Chelsea one Liverpool had never lost five consecutive league games at home, ever. They have now. It's March the 4th, and they've still not won at Anfield in 2021. Jurgen Klopp, who is the leader of Liverpool Football Club, he isn't doing his job properly at this particular time. And, like, players go through dips in form. I think Jurgen Klopp is probably going through the biggest dip in form in his managerial career Jürgen Klopp continues to search in vain for an answer to
4: his team's woes there's no other way and I think that we all agree in that With than fighting through this period so it's not that you can now get out and hope that it will be click, click, click and free in front of the goal empty goal, bam, 1-0 and exactly the same for the next one we have to fight through it and we will do that I have nothing really smart to say to explain it but in the moment, it feels really harsh.
0: Their first shot on target, coming on 84 minutes, and they've now gone more than 10 hours since their last goal from open play at home. When nothing's happening for your team and you've been outplayed at Anfield, he makes no substitutions at half-time. Try something different. Mo Salah's looking over thinking, have I seen the right number there? Am I... Is that am I missing something?
4: For me he looked just in that moment now really tired. So he played a lot of games. I understand and, and I, I get all the criticism you take off the top scorer and all this kind of thing. It's not an easy decision. Why should I take off Mosala? First time I saw him that he in, in, in moments where he looked really that he felt the intensity and that was the reason. Klopp's reign is over. He's peaked, he's shot his bolt, it's, it's over.
0: Is Europa League the goal? I mean top half this year is gonna be a push the way we're played. It's easy, you know when you're fist pumping and you're running down and you give all the the energy and you're uh, exuberant and bullying. That's easy when things are going well and your team are pressing and you're overrunning teams. You've still got to give that leadership when it ain't going very well. And at the moment you look over and he's not doing it. Even bad Liverpool teams never went and lost five on the trot. I can
5: guarantee you, if Liverpool change their backdrop to their away kit,
0: they will perform a lot better. Does that, Frankie, does that make them, (laughs) wait a minute, (laughs) Frankie, does that make them
3: close down better when they haven't got the ball? What percent difference would it be if Liverpool changed the colour of the...
5: Even if it only only makes 10%. In the scheme of things, 10% is a lot.
3: Clubby, I feel sorry for you. How does that make you feel?
6: Well, you know, there's not much I can say at the moment. I'm completely, uh, you know, I sent... No, uh,
3: <laughs> oh, no, don't. <laughs>
0: Alex... Alex, don't do that. He hates it that. shouldn't do that, he that. A man's down. Sorry, Cobby. Thomas Tuchel has found the perfect formula for Chelsea on the basis of this one. They look like Champions League material.
4: This was a very, very good performance. I sh- don't know if it was the best. Or, but we, we improve game by game, I have to say. And, and today, when we arrive at Anfield in a situation that they're one point behind us on the fight for the top four, we gave our best and we had a top performance. Of course, was I was impressed. Because we got a deserved win, and uh, I'm very happy about that.
3: Fulham nil, Spurs one, but Fulham will argue long and hard
1: about a second-half equaliser that was cancelled out by VAR. And quite what football is becoming now uh, will probably be asked of Scott Parker. We're trying to make the game
5: so pure and so sterile. Why? What do we want to see as fans, as, spect- as spectators? Is goals? Is excitement? And I'm sorry to say that VAR is he's killing every bit of that my
4: view is not important I don't make decisions uh, and of course the rule looks that gives a space to interpretation and you just have to accept the interpretation of uh, of the officials sometimes goes in your favour sometimes goes um, against West Bromwich nil. Everton won a gallant effort by the
5: Baggies who seem doomed to relegation now the point today would give us massive confidence and more confidence into the game and um, of course the elements are against us because our recovery time will not be long enough for us to compete like we did here tonight.
6: In this kind of game, is not so easy because you have to play against teams that are fighting for relegation and they are really, really motivated.
3: Now, Katie Price's ex-husband, Simon Jordan, has accused Newcastle's players of serving up Steve Bruce after his row with Matt Ritchie in training was leaked to the press. Now, the Mail revealed Ritchie was left furious with the post-match comments from Brucey, and it resulted in a bust-up with the manager. We'll hear from Jamie O'Hara, Charlie Adam, Danny Murphy, but first, the journalist who broke the story, Craig Hope.
2: Debravka couldn't keep it out. A counter-attack down the right hand side. And it's Newcastle one wolves one.
6: It only then becomes a big story when Steve Bruce comes out in the press subsequently in his post-match interview and blames Matt Ritchie for the concession of the goal for not getting the instructions onto the pitch to the players.
5: The direction which unfortunately might he didn't get it on quick enough, the instructions. Of, of how we were doing it
6: you, you sat there as a journalist thinking Wow, this is, this is really chucking a, a senior player under the, under the bus here When you
5: look at the goal You know, we, we should stop the cross it was um it was it was a frustration.
1: So Steve Bruce is basically blaming Matt Ritchie there for not passing on the instructions quick enough. You've got to be really careful to single out people in the press. I don't really understand why managers do it. Slaughter him in a dressing room, slaughter him on you know, on the training ground and say, you know, I'm not happy about it. Players now are quite sensitive, aren't they, with, with stuff like that and feel like he's getting digged out in the press and, and they'll and he'll have the ump with it.
6: Matt Ritchie's out on the training pitch at which point Steve Agnew, the assistant manager, is dispatched to tell Matt Ritchie, the manager, Steve Bruce, will see you in his office now. Richie turns around and says, No, I'm not talking to that coward ever again. This is relayed back to, to Steve, who I understand he's angry. He then marches down on the training pitch and confronts Matt. There's a little bit, listen, punches weren't thrown, but there's a little bit of barge and there's a little bit of shoulder to shoulder. And I think it's Steve Bruce who is. He was initiating this, Matt Ritchie didn't respond physically and this is witnessed by absolutely stunned teammates at the time. There's then an exchange between them. Steve is unhappy about the use of the word coward and says to Matt Ritchie, after all I've done for you. And Steve Bruce says to him, what are you going to do? Go and tell Lee Charlie.
1: Because the problem is when you call someone a coward, who's the manager of all the players around you, you, you are dicing with death. You're expecting all the other players to get on your side there, where really what's happening is your ego's overtaken you and you've forgotten where you're at. And where you are in the hierarchy of the club you're a player he's the manager you got a problem you knock on his door you're and have it out irrelevant or right or wrong the problem is when you're called a coward when you're a a manager, a player, anybody who's got some self pride, you're going to react, and Bruce reacted. I'd react if someone called me a coward. And I was the manager. Richie's not a bad egg, you know. Like I've played with Matt at Portsmouth when he, you know, when he kind of was first starting out, and he's a great lad, you know, and wants to work hard. He's had a great career. I don't think he's someone who would come into training ground and cause problems and be that type of player.
6: When it's played out in front of the players, I think that's a different situation. You can have the biggest row you want in the in the manager's office. What says in there stays in there. But when it's in public, in front of the other players,
3: it's how the manager reacts. And if he ra- reacts in any sort of wrong way, the lads will side by the player.
5: I look at this story and say, why have you got it? Not why have you written it? Because you're a journalist and it's there to be written. But why have you got it?
6: The club aren't happy. The club want to keep it out of the newspaper. They aren't happy at all. And they're blaming me. They think I'm a troublemaker. I'm out with derail the club on the eve of a big game. I'll say one thing here. That is absolute rubbish. If you get your own house in order... If that chain of events doesn't start with the substitution, with the criticism of the players, which then leads to the fallout in training, I'm just a journalist reporting what happens.
5: Who's given it to you and what's their motivation for giving it to you? Because the context of the absolute detail is so specific that in my experience of owning football clubs, the reasons why people like you have that kind of information is people within the confines of a dressing room have an agenda because maybe they're not getting what they want or maybe they're not happy with how they're being treated. So they serve people up. And that, to me, spells disaster.
1: When you're in a difficult period as a manager and, and results are not going your way, you need the dressing room. Now, India closed on 24 for 1 after England were bowled
3: out for just 205 on day one of the fourth test over on TalkSport 2. And Darren Goff labelled it a disastrous batting display by the tourists. We'll also hear from all-rounder Ben Stokesy Stokes on the verbal spat he had with India's captain. But first, here's
0: Goffy. He's heaved this one, straight down towards mid-off and straight into the hands of Mohamed Siraj. Zach Crawley's used his feet. He's trying to go over the top. This has been disastrous. Yes, India, the best of bold in the series for me without far. Both seam and spin. But England's batting, probably the worst in the series, on a pitch that's good to bat on. Win the toss, it's good to bat, and we're 189 for nine. And poor old Jimmy Anderson... Comes to the rescue once again, or tries to come to the
6: rescue. A set two out in the middle. The umpires have come together. Stokes and Coley are having a pretty heated conversation. They've got very close to each other. There's no sense of social distancing there. Stokes is unhappy. Coley's saying, what's your problem, mate? It doesn't look the sort of thing that would get to fisticuffs, but it's certainly tense. It's tense rather than unpleasant, I think, would describe it best.
0: A lot gets said these days when... You know, two guys seems to come to words out in the middle. Completely nothing towards as you would as I hope that that's what was seen because it wasn't. But yeah, that's just two blokes who who care what they do and then two guys who
6: definitely don't back like down.
3: And for more reaction from the cricket, why don't you just try out the following on podcast? Just do it. <clears throat> anyway, you don't have to, but if you do, it's on the Talksport app or wherever you get your podcast from. Now, have Manchester United ever managed to replace Michael Carrick? Well, let's ask a man who knows about playing in midfield in the Premier League. It's Daniel Murphy on Drive Time.
1: I don't think they've ever replaced Carrick. You know that central midfielder who can do a bit of both? He can fill in the spaces, intercept, be defensively good and 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 reliable, Mm. and also start off play, but also open you up. Someone from deeper positions, because Carrick, people don't, think of him like this, but when you play against him, you know he, he could have the ball on either foot and he's not just playing through the lines he'll play one over the top, he'll get you in he could he could hurt you from anywhere on the pitch, and people forget about that about Michael Carrick, and they never replaced him Matic is decent, but he's not as creative as Carrick, he's not as progressive with his passing he has the odd game where he plays a few nice balls, but Carrick would do it every week I don't think they've replaced him <laughs>
3: Now, in the last edition of the podcast, you may remember that Jurgen Klopp said this about the upcoming international break. Tom, press play.
4: We cannot let the boys just go and then sort the situation when they come back and visit our players in a 10 day quarantine in a hotel or whatever. Good work, Tom.
3: So, could some players challenge their clubs if they're prevented from playing for their country? We'll hear from the Southampton boss, Ralph Hassenhuntel, in just a moment. But first, we begin with Talksports chief Mona, Simon Money, Money Jordan.
5: I think Klopp is right. You you muddy the water by saying we pay the players. Well, okay then, if the federations were to turn around and say we'll compensate you then for the 10 days the players aren't going to pay, would that overcome the argument? No, it wouldn't because he's not really talking about the finances of it. He's talking about the availability of the players. The challenge that people like Jurgen Klopp will have is he will be put... And the club will be put into a position by the very people that he's asking to effectively honour their obligations and pay for their clubs are the very people that will turn around and say to him, I want to go play for my country.
6: You cannot uh, think that I send any player anywhere when he has to quarantine when he is coming back. So this is absolutely uh, nonsense. This is, uh, forget it. Definitely not, because, I mean, uh, there's a business travel if you want, and and, uh, why should I send them there? Nobody can say that uh, he's coming back and he's two weeks out and cannot play for us. So this is not possible. Definitely not. It needs to be taken away from the clubs. It
5: needs to be the Premier League say, en masse, this is a decision. It's not Jurgen Klopp or John Henry saying to an individual player, you can't go, and then creating a situation where that player feels aggrieved. It's a rule. Otherwise, guaranteed you'll have individual players that will let a manager down by saying well I want to play for my country it means a lot to play for my country no 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 your obligation is to us we're your paymasters.
3: yeah the Brighton boss Graham Harry Potter and Leicester manager Brendan Ted Rogers have both spoken to Ian Moosey Moosey Abrahams ahead of their clash rival Talk 2 on game day we'll hear from the Foxes boss on their chances of a top four finish in just a sec but first here's Harry his frustration at the recent results for the Seagulls.
5: Danny Welbeck has hit the post. Quite remarkable what has happened here this afternoon. Two penalties missed by Brighton and Hove Albion. Frustrating that we had probably more opportunities than the opponent in, in open play. And then frustrating that... Yeah, like you said, we, we we missed a couple of penalties. So I think the the overall feeling was frustration, but at the same time, needing to go. Okay, we need to stay calm. Like I said after the game, we need to take stock. We need to remember the things that we've done well and focus on those. And I've been really proud of the players this season. You know, we've had much more to deal with in terms of uh, you know our, our European games and and uh, and of course the. You know the, the difficulties we've had around injuries. So, um, so what the players have done up until now, I'm I'm very proud of. But we still have a lot of games to play and a real exciting end to the season. No, we, we just have to deal with what comes our way and uh, and look to to win the next game.
3: And Brighton Leicester is live and exclusive on Talksport Two on game day. And we finish with Hawksby and Jacobs and the famous birthday spread. I don't even
1: know what that means. Film director and actor, Ron Howard. Ron okay. Howard. Oh, I don't know, yeah. Paul, do you remember the time he came in yeah. for an interview and he mm-hmm. asked us if we take home a TalkSport mug? Yeah. Oh, happy days.
5: That's right, oh,
0: yes, that's right. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's just a lovely moment, really, just remembering oh, people oh, come no, into the studio. He was beaming because we gave him a TalkSport okay. mug. It's so incredible, isn't it? Available 80s. in the TalkSport <laughs> shop, by the way. <laughs> if you
1: want to company curl up man. One.
5: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he always takes mugs away from every radio interview he does. I mean, that's Howard's way. <laughs>
2: Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, you've been told, mate. <laughs> you've been told by the <laughs> <a> show.
3: <laughs> and that's nearly it for another podcasty thing. It. Let me remind you of some live and exclusive national radio commentary of some football are coming your way. Half past 12 is where game day begins. You can hear live comms of Burnley against Arsenal. At half past two is game day around the grounds with Adrian Durham. Half past five, live and exclusive national radio commentary on TalkSport with Aston Villa against Wolves. And then that thing continues over on TalkSport 2 as you can hear live commentary of Brighton against Leicester. That's it. Thanks for listening on the TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts from. I'll be back on Andy Goldstein's Drive Time today from 4pm alongside Darren Bent. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy in Talksport daily podcasts out first thing Monday morning. So do what you've got to do to get it. In the meantime, have a great weekend. Be careful. Thanks for listening. And above all, be safe, everyone. Be safe.
4: That was a podcast from Talksport.
2: only from rustolium